Welcome, Sojourners. You have found yourself a cozy place here at Sojourners Awake. I'm Jonathan, and this is our production of The Fairy and the Free. In this most recent production, the Sojourners encountered a mother puffin and her child, only to find that further up the hill, a mother caribou and her child were about to be sacrificed to the evil goddess Aureel. Having stood up against this wicked practice, the Sojourners vanquished the enemy, sent them flee, and at the same time, calmed the anger of winter. And now, they look for the reward among the snow and the blood. And so for now, our story continues. Trina, also of you, has been there for a little bit. There's a glint of sparkly light that lies at the base of the shadow, something embedded in the snow and the rock. Once I see that the caribou stands up, I'm going to go investigate that shiny thing. She seems fine for now. Samoon, what do you do? Samoon is enthralled in this form of love that is being shared um, with he and the mama caribou. And so he's just going to kind of be laughing and petting the baby caribou just to give it something to think about that is different than what it just experienced. Birdie looks over at this interaction between Samoon and Trina and the caribou and is slightly confused because she knows that she probably has an old piece of caribou jerky in her pocket currently um, trying to figure out what the attachment is to the creature um, but it's is touched by the affection that is being exchanged but and she just kind of finishes up her um, pulling the hide off of the wolf and sort of kind of rubbing it in the snow to get the blood off clean it, wash it with the snow, and she just kind of wraps it around herself and walks, starts walking towards Trina and... Um... With a skinned wolf lying in the snow, Bertie, you are well wrapped as this large wolf skin is now dangling over your body. The wolf's head and snout have covered over your helmet and the arms flailing about your shoulders and the tail dragging in the snow. Indeed, it's a very large creature. For once you were covered by it in a life or death situation and now covered by its same skin, you are now warmed in this frosty winter air. Trina, make your investigation check. <laughs> 15. You see that at the base of the shadow, it's just starting to disappear and creating the darkest amount of shadow material. Now the ring, as you see implanted in the snow, is a beautiful elven crafted ring decorated with gem-like snowflakes. 
wrapped around the circle. Bend down and pick it up and kind of lift it up to the last of the dying light to see what I can see about it. Besides the snowflakes, you see that it fits gently on your finger. It looks very able to... Uh, it looks like an arcane user, a spellcaster, might wear it to increase their power. I'm going to slip it on my finger and go back to join the others. And as What's you up? do, yeah, when you put the ring on your finger, your eyebrows, your hair, frost over, your skin cracks with ice and then melts rapidly the moment you take a step towards Samoon and Birdie. And you leave behind a puddle of water. Samoon and Birdie, you see that the rest of the frost has fallen from Traina's face. Traina, you have a plus one to spell attacks and your save. This ring begins to attempting to bond to you, finding its way through your body. This ring of the Frost Maiden, designed as a powerful weapon for spellcasters, is neutral, able to be used for good or evil. Yeah, it is fitting indeed. It is fitting indeed, given the contest for the High Priestess of Ariel. Um, when you say that all the frost has fallen from me, does that mean that I am back to my full HP? Excellent. Um, so as I'm walking towards them, I can feel this happening. Um, and I'm kind of starting to entune what it is and what magic is going on here. I'm actually going to slip it off my finger and I'm going to kneel down in front of Birdie and I'm going to say I think this is given for the um, the slayer the priestess and you're the one who did it would you like this I don't know how much help it will be if you don't know how to use magic but I think you really earned this not me uh, I take it and I try to put it on my fat finger and it doesn't fit and I hand it back to her and I'm like, eh, you can have it. It's kind of ugly. It's not my taste anyway. The uh, Aladrin elf inside of Trina like cries a little bit when she calls the beautiful elven work ugly, but she just smiles and says, you're so gracious. Thank you. And she puts it back on her hand, trying not to show how delighted she is by this turn of events. Looks better on you. Hey, um, your scar, your your cut, it looks better. Just so you know, it, you look better. Your face, it looks better. It's gone? Yeah, you look oh. more uh, normal now. Oh, wonderful. <sighs> Trina just slumps back and all of the fight and everything just drains out of her and she just drops down and watching Samoon playing <laughs> with the baby caribou. She's like, can we just, can we just like, I know we're like that close to Catrick, but can we just like, just rest for a minute? This was a lot. Yeah, I mean, and she takes off her wolf thing and 
she lays it on the, the ground and just sits down. You can sit. Trina looks at it and she's like, you know what? That's that's very kind of you. And she will gingerly share the wolf pelt with Birdie. Yes, Trina, your face is looking mighty good. I'm glad Sorry. to see that the frost is. The moon. Are you are you hitting on her? Does you think she looks pretty? I bet you do. Oh, here we go again. <laughs> you and your relationships. I tell you, <laughs> no, we are just friends. Anyway, well, anyway, you look you look pretty good, Trina. I am happy for you. <laughs> and Bertie, that is very nice of you to share your new wolf blankie, which is also like a really cool cape. But I don't know if I'm going to get mine off in time before we need to get going because I don't know about you, but my skin does not like this cold. So we should find some place I think better than a cliffside to hunker down if we are going to take a true rest. Isn't there a cave over there? There is. But at that moment, the mother stands up, startled, bellows and they book it, running off in the distance. The puffins once again shelter deep within their rocks. Samoon, so you feel a warm blast of air melting the ice off your neck, and you see a paw scrape against the cliffside, followed by a large whisker and a cat with a head the size of a house raises itself up on the cliffside and stands towering over you 40 feet tall it then looks towards the dead wolf scratches at it and swallows it in one gulp and then moves towards the skinned queen sniffs and then cuts over to you, Birdie, with menacing eyes, and swallows the wolf whole. It stands proudly and begins to lick its forepaws, and then as if considering you for the first time, looks down to the three of you sitting in the snow. Um, hi, are, are you Catrick? Yes, that is my name. I'm Catrick. He speaks to you with a soft sound, but the purr begins to vibrate the ground beneath you. And then he unfurls two large angelic wings, spreads them out majestically, and then furls them back towards his skin, his tail flicking in the night. His green eyes look at you, that is my name. I am Catrick. It is good to meet you. Might I infer that you are the sojourners that are coming to look for me? Uh, yes. Milil said to come meet you. He sent us up here, said that we would find you here, that you were going to give us a lift into, uh, where are we going? Skyworld! Yes, Skyworld. It's a good place, a land of 
well, it's not really land, but if one considers it as a place to exist and understand life and the connection that we all have, you can find connections anywhere between land, sky, heart, soul. Do you have a heart? Do you have a soul? Um, and Trina looks to Samoon and Birdie to take over. I don't, I, I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't, I mean, these are too deep of questions for me. I don't, I don't understand. I have a heart. A heart would indeed make your body move with lifeblood. Yes. But a soul, well, what does that move? If the heart moves the body, what does the soul move? The large tressum, the angelic celestial being has now dropped its face down to look at each of you. Its nose, the size of your head. And it sniffs and makes eyes with you, Samoon. Oh, Mr. Catrick, you are a majestic being and I beg your pardon for I might smell a little bit more having recently had a harrowing encounter but it is a pleasure to meet you and I know that I have a heart because I bleed and I'm pretty sure I have a soul because I simply exist but other than Uh, that I know not more for the first time the Tresum smiles at you yes yes existence yes you're conscious of your existence that makes you aware that differentiates you from the snowflakes that you are now sitting upon but in truth if we were to ask the snowflakes would they have a heart something that moves them a soul an awareness conscience gives them life a good thought but a pleasure to meet me is it not because it is a pleasure to also meet yourself Yep. Catrick then begins going around in circles, and indeed you have the time to take a short rest, if you would so care. I would so care. (laughs) Hey, Catrick, will you watch out, be a lookout, so we can sleep, because we're kind of tired. Look out. Look out for adventurers such as yourself. That would or seek. Wolf, giant wolves that are demon possessed by freezing gods possessed by demons hmm yes I can do this for you are in need I can see that thank you, you. Are most gracious thank you so much I am only gracious you say that because I have the ability to do so or because I have the compliance he continues to talk Simply because we asked, you have answered favorably, of course. Birdie's napping. So Samoon's choice of rest is, uh, he just sits down um, between Catrick, who's curled up, presumably, or keeping guard, however, and he's just like looking towards the Mavi Ocean and the cliff. And he's he's just like sitting there kind of like with his arms behind his back like leaning backward and he's just like slow breathing like a meditative slow breathing and he's just thinking about a real and 
how this madness could be with such power as the wind when he knows the wind to be a favored friend. Um, and as such, that wind that he knows is kind of stirring around him, um, just calming his, his nerves and, and being with him as he focuses. So Katrina is still feeling a little shook. So she's going to sit. Um, well, she's still sharing the wolf pelt, um, but she kind of wants to be as close to Birdie and Simoon as possible. And she's kind of twirling the ring on her finger, um, contemplating what it means that she just, even for the sake of survival, served a different Queen of Winter and the Queen of Winter that she's supposed to be serving and wondering if it counts as the same thing, if one is an Archfey and one is a deity and not sure how these things go. She considers asking Catrick, but she doesn't want to get drawn into a question she doesn't know how to answer. Um, so she just kind of snuggles up on the wolf pelt um, between her friends and um, worries through her whole short rest. And Birdie? Catrick speaks up. If you indeed are going to Skyworld, then I suggest the simplest way is to ride on my back, and I can escort you there. And with me, you will have the luck of the Tressen while you fly. We would be most appreciative, sir. Thank you so much. Like I said, it is not a consideration of graciousness or generosity. It is simply what is to happen. That doesn't mean we can't be gracious for what just happens. Yes. A small thing, like yourself, a mortal, would be indeed grateful. He leans his back down, lowers his body so that you can crawl upon his back, and you find that his fur begins to cling to your feet. I have a very important question. Yeah. Is he a long fur or short furred cat? He is long furred cat. This is wonderful. And what color is his fur? He has orange and browns and blacks and white base as a calico cat. Yeah, tortoise shell cat. Okay. Hey, then he's a she. I learned that. Yeah, you can't be a calico. That color. The man is going to (laughs) lean over to Birdie and just start. Birdie, it is time to go. You need to wake up. Come on, Birdie. You've only been sleeping for 10 minutes. How are you so sleepy? Birdie just sort of jars herself awake and starts to swing at a Samoon without realizing what's happening. Whoa, 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 whoa. Birdie, 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 come down. I'm just waking you up. Mr. Catrick here is offering us a ride now, and it is time that we be going. What say you? Okay. Let's go. She picks up her wolf blanket and throws it on top of the cat. Trina's having the time of her life getting wrapped up in this fur. She's already clambered on. You see the fur starting to cling to her. She is just in heaven. 
she's a cat person. <laughs> With great power, this tressum expands his wings in angelic fashion. Puffins disappear as he lifts off the ground and a swirling tornado of snow follows him as he goes up higher and higher in the sky. The night sky now speckled with stars, the moon bright and full releases its light across the Mavi Ocean. And for the first time, you glide across the glittering ocean beneath you. The wind is cold, it bites at your skin, yet you feel the warmth of this celestial creature beginning to radiate underneath your feet. And for the first time since you began your, your journey in Bald Top, you begin to feel warmth all around you as heaven itself is carrying you on its back. Though none of you have ever seen a tressum, and anyone who has studied would most certainly know that they should be extinct. That it has been thousands of years since any of them have been seen or witnessed in Bonsaro. And those who have traveled to the seven heavens can testify that if one is to see a Tresum, it should behold the last of its kind. You hear a rumbling engine of various sounds as Catrick purrs and sends vibrations through your body. The sky opens into this expansive canvas and in the light of the full moon, you see off in the distance, a copper dragon with its scales glittering in the light, whooshing and dancing between the clouds and then a second dragon meeting it in the sky. Together they come forward in a ritual of mating. And they swirl as their bodies entwine, their tails wrapped up in each other, their necks intertwining, and they dive straight into the sky and then plummet towards the earth. A rare sight indeed, birthing young dragon hatchlings. Long into the night, you pursue the boundaries of the Mavi Ocean. Now high above the clouds, all you see below your feet are the swirling white mists and the stars above. And in the horizon, you can see the sun now peeking above, greeting you as you chase the day. Samoon, what do you notice during this time and to what do you pay attention to? The moon is ecstatic. Um, he is excited to be on this significant journey and he's gonna kinda crawl his way towards the front where right behind Catrick's head and stand as high as he can the sun it is so beautiful and warm and i am so happy to be here and he just lets out like this ecstatic like celebratory joy as he feels like the warmth that he loves 
resurging around him, uh, leaving the bitter cold behind, and he sees this warm sun that he's so used to seeing and bright, arid, open sky, um, unhindered by any tree or as far as the eye can see, and he is he is just literally in heaven. Simone, when you mentioned that, Catrick whispers to you, you favor the sun. Would you like to go there along the way? May we? I do not want to get burned being as how hot it is in the desert, but that would be amazing if I can. Oh, wait. No, you would have to remain, you would have to become unattached to your body. You would have to leave that behind, I'm sure. Like for good? It's the price. Oh, oh, yes, for good. It's the price of admittance. Absolutely. Simon, like, kicks back and he just, like, puts his his arms and puts a finger up to his chin. He's like, hmm. And he is serious. Well, Mr. Catrick. I dare say that would be a wonderful dream, and perhaps it would be the delight of my life to pursue such an experience, but unfortunately, I think there are some things that I must be partaking of back on the world that I know. But maybe one day I would love to to see if I can get there. Yes, there's always time. The sun has been here from a long time and will continue to be it will be waiting as it does the same thing every day and waits no rush ah then in that case I too will be waiting until the time comes when I am ready to move on Bertie to what do you pay attention to Bertie is hanging back by the tail kind of facing backwards she has her goggles down help with the wind on her face and she noticed the dragons hatching from the uh, from the the eggs and she takes note of that Um, she's just enjoying feeling the wind on her face um, sort of dangling her feet off of the edge living on the edge of the cat and Trina when the sun Starting to rise, Trina also crawls up to Catrick's head. Um, but whereas Samoon stood up and cheered, she just stays kind of prone with her chin in her hand. And all of this like incredible stuff has been happening around her. Even the very being that she rides on is incredible. And most of the significance is lost on her. Um, she's never seen anything of Bonzarel but the forest that she's been stuck in and in Baltop Library before. Um, so for her, what's really standing out about this moment is as the sky is being painted in these vivid sunrise colors, the golds and the reds and the pink, it makes her think of dreamland with all the vivid um, saturation of color. And for just a brief moment, she forgets about the pain and the suffering she's been going through and is just ecstatic to be where she is. Trina, as you rest your chin upon your hands, the scent of this angel beneath you, what scent do we notice in your presence now? What sounds and scents? Uh, Sound is probably the sound of the wind, because I don't think I could compete with that, but um, there will be a scent of cherry blossoms 
in the breeze, like you see the beautiful like pictures of Mount Fuji just wafting around um, as she feels like a petal in the wind herself. You hear the Tressum's voice begin to bellow out. Mm. <laughs> I love cherries. <laughs> and each of you have the luck of the Tressum for the day, one point of inspiration as you have made him laugh. He, in response to this laughter, does a double barrel roll. And the fur clings to you, Bertie, as you're spinning around and around. Samoon, your hands outstretch the fur of this, this tressum clings to your skin. Trina, to the dance of cherry blossoms. Catrick, barrels spinning around, his tail swirling. And as he writes himself up, he is now floating upside down and offers for you to land on his belly as he backstrokes deeper into the sky. I mean, yeah, we got to land somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little nervous, though, because you know how cats are with their bellies being touched. It's only okay until it's not okay. <laughs> this angelic being seems to be caught up in the moment. Hmm. I didn't know we had casters with us. You are not simple mortals. Uh, Milil said there was high quality about you, now that I remember. High quality, indeed. He takes one last whiff of the cherry blossoms. He said that about us? High quality, indeed. Oh, that's so sweet of him. What a nice man deity person i mean they are going to make a statue of me one day in the in mm. the middle of the library brings happiness to you yeah i mean everything brings happiness to me so statues and rocks carvings of mountains why are there no statues of light statues of snow um you're making my head hurt she just buries her face in the fur. I think because some things aren't meant to last forever. If we always had the light and the snow around, we wouldn't appreciate them for when we do have them. Hmm. Balance of powers, like Oriel, Maliki, harshness of winter, beauty of spring. Is it as such as that? I... I guess so. It's a beautiful ring you carry on your finger. Oh. Thanks. I, uh, well, I found it. We find things, don't we? You found me? You found a ring? I think you found us, actually. Uh, while looking for dinner. Thank you for not making us dinner. Your description was accurate, as Melil put it. High-quality mortals, indeed. Do you like living on those cliffs in Bonzerel? For the time, it is happy, as you put it. You lived here. How long have you lived? You seem like a great creature. <laughs> my length of time here on the plane, yes. Uh, it is my retirement. I am Tressum, the last of my kind. No longer living on the seven planes of heaven. 
I dwell here and chose these black cliffs because, well, I like the taste of wolves and I like Mavi Ocean, it sparkles. And of course, Melilla spends most time at Bodta. I am what you would call immortal, but for your times, well, I remember when they built the Mavi Ocean, if that gives you some reference. Trina takes a moment to kind of take that all in and then catches what caught her Moses. You're the only one of you left? Isn't that sad and lonely? I consider that I won. <laughs> oh. Uh. Okay. Backpedals out of that conversation super fast. Simon's <laughs> gonna uh, chime in. Wait. Did you, you just said that you are immortal. Did you get your immortality from beating all the others? How did they die if they were immortal? Or were they not immortal? Are you just the immortal one? Sad tale indeed of how an immortal being comes to not exist in our minds and hearts anymore. Tales of war, tales of what you might call death in your language what we call annihilation in our own tongue. When mortals die, they transfer their existence to other corporal forms and containers as they souls travel. But myself, as an immortal being, we do not have what you call a soul. We would simply then be annihilated from existence by the hand of devils, demons, adventuring types who seek treasures. It is a sad tale of the final days of the Tresums, the feline guardians of the seven heavens. They forced me into retirement as I cannot defend the seven heavens myself. So I am here, the friend like Melil. Hmm. Birdie pops her head up out of the fur. And she says, hey, don't worry, I didn't see any fleas. And that was it. And then she just buries back down. Catrick then turns over on his back and or on his side and he begins to pedal with the wind, catching forward and says, mm, we need to hold on tight. And the fur strangles your feet and your ankles, locking you in place. He begins to speed at an accelerating rate to make it to Skyworld on time. You start to see that the ocean is no longer beneath you. Clouds, peaks of mountains now rise. Peaks of mountains now rise from the snowy clouds. And the unknown paths of the wind now become illuminated in a spectrum of rainbow lights. Catrick, this tressum speeds and starts to follow a highway of colors. You count them, one, two, five, six, seven lights. Highways going different directions. Catrick begins to follow the blue highway. And as he speeds through, he increases in traction. And you feel your body at the force 
of gravitational pull as he thrusts into this highway of light and color. And the moment his skin touches this light, it issues forth a symphony of sound and music. He begins to laugh as he plucks out a tune along the highway, playing with the symphony and the melody. And as you pass through, you can now see light streaming through your fingers and your face. So Moon just holds up his hand and just watches as this is happening. He is just mesmerized by it. And so Moon, you stick out your hand, you affect the tone of this symphony as now a participant in this orchestra of light. And your the sound goes off in different directions. One hits Birdie in the back of the head and creates the sound of crashing of cymbals. One then hits Trina on the side and creates a singing violin that travels up, up her neck, her head, and then off her hair. Patrick laughs in response and says, it does feel good to affect the world around you, doesn't it? <laughs> Bertie, you should give this a try. This is, this is very fun. This is, watch this. <laughs> kind of sticks his hand in another direction and sees what happens. Blue splashes all over Bertie, creating the sounds of drums falling down the stairs. Bertie sticks out her hand. And you hear the sound of harps beginning to pluck, tingling and tickling up your skin. That's kind of cool. Isn't that... That is amazing. This place is so cool. I'm not much of a music maker myself, but I assure that if somebody knew what they were doing, they could have quite a good time here. At that moment, each of you begin to feel incredibly uncomfortable in your large winter coats. As your body begins to match the rising warm temperatures, Catrick then laughs and says... The cloud forest awaits, and you see this large wall of puffy white clouds. As he gets closer and closer, you see that this air looks so dense. And he disappears, and all around you turns to white. And so for now, our story continues. Every story comes to an ending, so for now we must conclude. Thank you for listening, Sojourners. Your attention will not go unrewarded, and we look forward to continuing this adventure. If you enjoyed this background music and ambiance, you should visit Tabletop Audio. Whether you are studying for a difficult test, going on a long car ride, or simply need some soothing music in your background, visit www.tabletopaudio.com. And take the time to sojourn with us. For articles on playing your very own Dungeons & Dragons games, visit www.sojournersawake.com. And you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram, being ever so inspirational. And as always, Sojourner, may your story continue.